Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, isn't that special? I'm back just in time for a winter storm warning. How are you, everybody? Five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yonke, fresh off our farm tour to Panama and Costa Rica. And I'll tell you what, although the weather was obviously warmer where we were, I'm kind of feeling more comfortable back here in Wisconsin. We'll see if that sticks. We do have a winter weather advisory that's in effect starting at 6 a.m. on Friday till 6 p.m. on Saturday. A lot of the area that we're talking to is going to be impacted by that. Snowstorm could bring some heavy snow starting Friday night, changing to a mix on Saturday morning. We'll find out more about that when Stumacher Ag Meteorologist joins us live via Skype in about 15 minutes or so. For today... Uh, Partly to mostly sunny skies on the way. It's going to be colder today. 15 is our expected high. Overnight lows down to 4 degrees. Tomorrow, again, snow probably rolling in late in the day on Friday. Daytime highs around 28. Saturday, the snow should end by the afternoon. Daytime highs on Saturday around 30 degrees. That's why there's some concern about the mix of precipitation we could pick up. Hey, I hope you're still planning on joining us Saturday evening in Sauk Prairie for the special performance that Tim, the dairy farmer comedian, is going to be making. He's a dairy farmer from Florida. We had him on the show earlier, and he is going to be on center stage Saturday evening to benefit the Sauk Prairie FFA alumni. You want to find out more, pop on over to our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, or check out details at Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. All right, this morning we're kicking off the show with a quick update on what's happening with robotics. More and more dairies are taking a look at it as an option, not just because of economics, but because of people power. Let's face it, folks, around the state of Wisconsin, we are lacking when it comes to good quality employees that will help us take care of our cows and be reliable when it comes to milking. You put a robot in place and some of that concern dissipates. We catch up this morning with uh, some of the University Extension folks that are pulling together a robotics class you might be interested in. I am talking on the phone right now with Tina Coleman, who is the dairy and livestock agent for UW Extension in Fond du Lac County, about an upcoming event they have regarding implementing robotic milkers. Tina, can you start out by just giving me a general overview of the event? Yes. So our Building Our Dairy Future Robotic Milking Systems Performance and Efficiency Meeting that's hosted by UW Extension will be offered on Monday, January 20th and Tuesday, January 21st, um, Monday at Elkhart Lake and then on Tuesday on the western side of the state in Abbotsford. Abbotford City Hall and really is a meeting geared towards any of our individuals that want to learn more about robotic milking systems. We're very fortunate to have Yoni Picarante. I hope I said that correct. He's an architect and engineer with 4D Barn out of Finland. 
So he has designed over 600 dairy facilities with automated milking systems in Europe and has been a partner with the UW School of Veterinary Medicine's Dairyland Initiative. And we're very fortunate to have Yoni coming over for two days here in Wisconsin to share his expertise, knowledge, and insight on robotic milking systems. It sounds like people are really going to get their bang for their buck if they're showing up then. Well, absolutely. Not every day that we can have a gentleman that has a lot of experience and knowledge in all my milking systems and has his own company that really looks at facility design considerations as well as labor efficiency. So he's not geared towards one company or another. Uh, He's more of a private vendor or contractor that really helps the farmer look at the design of his facility to maximize uh, cow output, milk production, and labor efficiency. Those are that's really great to hear about how much this is going to have to offer. And I know you kind of briefly said it was for people who were interested in getting into robotic milkers. But can people who already have robotic milkers come? Is this geared more for small or large farms or is it really open to anyone? This meeting is really geared to anyone, um, including small, medium, large-sized dairy operators, those that are looking into robotic milking systems, those that have existing milking systems, also builders, contractors, and uh, parlor dealers are encouraged to come to learn more about the use of and the design and labor efficiency to milking systems. We also encourage bankers ag lenders to join us as well. We have Jim Sulfur, who is a regional dairy educator with the University of Minnesota Extension. He's going to talk about economics of automatic milking systems and user experiences. Jim has worked with his team on dairy operations, both in Minnesota and Wisconsin, on doing a field survey on the economics of a milking system, as well as the, the end user's experience so that we can Uh, those that are looking at using automatic milking systems or those that um, are already using them can maybe gain some knowledge and insight from others as well. Those are really great points, and you've talked about a couple of the different topics that will be discussed that day regarding maybe setup and designs and economics. What might some of the other topics be that people will be able to hear about? Well, we do have at both locations a panel discussion of robots, the good, the bad, the unknown. At the Elkhart Lake location, we will have Genlar Holstein, who is uh, a local uh, dairy producer in the area that had just went transitioned from a freestyle barn to a robotic milking system in 2017. And on that panel in Elkhart Lake, uh, Genlar Holsteins, the owners, will be joined with their ag lender, their uh, builder, as well as the individual that services their automatic milking system so that individuals can hear the different perspectives of each of the not only the owners, but each of the key players that help install and finance the system. Now, a pan, the similar panel will be held in Abbotsford on Tuesday, but that is with three different dairy operations that are three different sizes that had switched over from traditional conventional milking system to an automatic milking system. So they'll show their own perspective on different various sizes on milking systems. So uh, as we know, and as you know, Reba, that we really gain a knowledge, our farmers gain a lot of knowledge from each other and these panels really help convey some of the messages, uh, the true real life experience with uh, this automatic milking system. So we're excited that we're able to bring this panel 
offer at both locations. And I think you bring up a really good point about farmers being able to learn from each other and their experiences. Is that part of the reason you wanted to host a day like this? Well, absolutely. There's so many questions um, throughout the state on robotic milking systems. And really connecting those individuals to learn from each other is really key in researching and learning more about whether this technology is something that a farm can utilize or for those that already have the existing technology, what are some things they can pick up from others that may have the same experience and challenges that they have so they can maybe avoid or ad- um, pitfalls or maybe adapt and make some minor tweaks or changes in their pet management practices to really maximize the efficiency and productivity. of Those are really great points. And I guess another question I have is, why are robotic milkers still catching the interest of people, especially with how difficult the farm economy has been as of the last few years? Well, right. And uh, here, even in Fonlac County, we've had three or four systems go in in the past 18 months. And it's just amazing how those individuals are still looking into that with the low milk prices. But as you know, and I know that the labor pool, the dependable labor pool, as well as the depth of the labor pool is just not there anymore for milking. Also, we have some, we have farms that want to, want to or need to expand in size because they're bringing in the next generation and, but they still want to maintain family labor. So this gives them the opportunity to do that and meet their family goals. And we know that robotic milking systems is a huge upfront capital expense regarding, um, which theoretically could replace labor uh, in the future by increasing the herd size. So those are some reasons people are still looking at automatic milking systems. And with a new generation of farmers coming up who are really tech savvy and using data more and managing data, um, there's some interest in kind of challenging them and adapting this technology to meet their family and farm goals. I think it's really interesting how as the generations change that are taking over the farm, so does the technology and that continued want to find ways to be better farmers. Right. And the key thing is that as each and every one of us are looking at efficiency, best management practices, um, increase the animal welfare and animal well-being on the farm, and trying to have the most productive cows at the same time for the productivity and profitability of the farm is key regarding whatever technology or management system is in place. So this just is an option for those that are looking uh, to meet their family goals. Each of our um, farms have various family and farm goals. So this is just a way um, to meet those goals for certain families, and we hope that this meeting at least gives them more information. Um, If they're looking into automatic milking systems, more information to make a well-informed decision if this will meet their goals. Or for those that have existing systems, you know, hopefully they can gain just a little bit of nuggets and help improve, adapt, or um, make it more efficient uh, for themselves on their farms. Those are all wonderful points, Tina. And if people are interested in attending one of these two days, where they can they find more information and register? Right. So the fee is $50 per person. And uh, again, the meeting is on January 20th in Elkhart Lake and then January 21st in Abbotsford um, on the western side of the state. For more information, the easiest way to uh, get information is to visit our Extension Dairy Team website by Googling UWEX 
their A-team. And then they can look on our calendar events uh, for January 20th and 21st. We'll be building our dairy future robotic milking system. And on that calendar, there's many other top opportunities, uh, meetings and conferences and workshops hosted by um, Extension here in the state. And I hope that individuals can see that calendar and find something that meets their goals, um, that helps them uh, meet their family and farm goals going into the future. Well, thank you so much. This was Tina Coleman, the dairy and livestock agent with UW Extension in Fond du Lac County. And if you're once again, if you are interested in attending these on either January 20th or 21st, you can Google UW Extension Dairy Team and then take a look at their calendar of events. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Neil Armstrong or Louis Armstrong? Roberto Clemente or Walter Cronkite? Rosa Parks or Sally Ride? You're the right age to do something you can be remembered for. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or beyond, any age is the right age to donate the gift of life. Learn how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Who needs an alarm clock when you've got the farm, babe? Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. 519 now on a Thursday morning. I'll tell you what, I needed my alarm clock this morning after being out of the office for so many days. And perfect timing for Yonke. She shows back up just about the time we've got another winter storm brewing. Let's talk weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. And here's the other interesting point. I've got a friend of mine. He's a dairy farmer down in Florida that's also a stand-up comedian. He's going to be performing on Saturday night in Sauk Prairie for the Sauk Prairie FFA alumni at uh, the River Place Theater. He texted me sometime last night before I got into the office this morning, said that his plane has changed because of the weather. Now he's got to rent a car and drive to the event. And I thought to myself, man, I, it's one thing if you grew up with this. It's another thing if you're coming in from out of state. No previous experience because we've got a mixture of snow and ice that could be coming in, right? 
Absolutely, especially Madison up to Sauk City, that area. Everybody else is more likely looking at snow as we wrap up Friday, head into Saturday. But in the south, oh, Madison and off to the east and southeast, more of a rain, freezing rain, snow mix is going to be on the agenda. Uh, not a real nice picture. Not at all what we think about with January winter weather. You know, we get a snowstorm in January. It's that. It's snow. It stacks up pretty quick. It drifts. It blows around. And we know it's winter and we have to be careful and we clean up and drive carefully. And that's great. This one, well, it's going to pull a lot of moist air and mild air in with it. What are we talking about? Today it's high pressure. Skies are clear. Sunny, colder, a whole lot colder this morning than we've been for a while. So a cold day is in store. We can deal with that. It'll be nice to see that sunshine. But high pressure moves through quickly. Low pressure is out to the west, providing snow and the like in Washington, Oregon, western parts of Montana and into Idaho. That development is going to break over the Rockies. That low will reorganize, and we expect it actually kind of forms around Colorado and then heads up towards southern Wisconsin by late Friday into Saturday, and that's when snow develops. Friday, midday into the afternoon and evening, and lasts overnight and on into the day Saturday. I've talked about it here the last couple of days. For most of us, we're about a three to six inch range of snow, but I'd say Madison and areas east, a little more rain, freezing rain mixing in into Saturday. Could keep the snow a little bit lighter, you know, two to four, but it'll be that wet, heavy stuff. There could be that little glaze of ice once or twice, going to be a little less than ideal with that mixture of precipitation in the south. It all ends by Saturday night and by Sunday, back to some sun, but colder temperatures, in fact, colder than normal. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, warming up a bit toward the mid part of next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. If we all go in on energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for some big rewards. Focus on Energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-623-2146 or visit FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compeer.com. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. 523 right now. It sounds like it's going to be a good day to get everything in place for the snow slash freezing rain coming in tomorrow. Hey, Stu? That's right. Get yourself organized today with high pressure nearby. Mostly sunny skies, low to mid-teens for highs. Madison, probably the warm spot at 16. And the northwest wind, a good 5 to 15, even gusting to 25. Still a chilly day. Clouds develop overnight. Low single digits for lows are near zero. I expect the northwest winds 5 to 10, becoming southeast. Then that system builds in. A winter storm watch. La Crosse, Mauston, the western edge of the state from La Crosse south along the Mississippi. The winter storm watch, 6 a.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Saturday. Cloudy skies tomorrow. Snow developing most likely afternoon toward evening. Temperatures pushing up toward 30. Upper 20s near 30. Southeast winds 5 to 15. 
snow, and in the south, that mix of freezing rain and the like Friday night lasting into Saturday. Cloudy with that precipitation around. Temperatures drop back down into the mid or low 20s in the day. Like I've said, Madison, east and south, 2 to 4. Everybody else about 3 to 6, Pam. It's going to seem a whole lot more like winter come Saturday. All right. Thanks, Stu. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist with Weather Details. In Lacrosse this morning, you are currently starting off with uh, some clear skies. Zero as far as temperatures. Mauston, clear and 7 above. Fond du Lac, some clouds in 16. Oshkosh, clear and 12 above. Madison at the airport, clear skies. And currently looking at 12 degrees as we all get ready for some challenging winter-like weather coming our way starting as soon as tomorrow morning. It's 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Castles, culture, and cows. That's the combination we've got lined up for you on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yonke, inviting you to come along to Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. We'll start off with three nights in Glasgow, where we'll cruise Loch Lamont, tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to historic Edinburgh and touring the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Just think about the history there. You want to talk history? We'll be touring the Titanic Belfast Museum and also witnessing the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We've got agricultural highlights included, a visit to an Ireland dairy farm, and the fantastic National Museum of Rural Life in Scotland. Call 800-826-2266 for details or email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Also online, holidayvacations.com. Scotland and Ireland, join us. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. 
It's time to bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. MyBookie has odds on every game. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets, MyBookie is where you want to go. MyBookie's got it all, from football to NBA to the Premier League, even the UFC. MyBookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 free money to play with. All you have to do is use promo code RADIO to activate the offer. That's promo code RADIO to activate the offer. MyBookie.ag. Promo code RADIO. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces and fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. After we continue with our Bucks guy, Tony Cartagena. All right, Tony, you sent me this. Uh, this is, you know, we were talking the other day about, or last week when you were in with us, about the idea of Giannis leaving. And I guess this is continuing to pick up steam and uh, momentum, isn't it? Yeah, I just want to preface this by saying, so Stephen A. Smith did like a Q&A yesterday on Twitter where he answered questions in video form, which was kind of new for him. It was pretty cool. But last week we had this conversation because it really ramped up when the Bucks played the Warriors. Correct. They yeah. were out in San Francisco or Oakland, that area. And that's when it really ramped up. And they do a very good job of trying to make sure those questions aren't asked. But when you got a player available and your job is to ask a question to Giannis, you got to do your job. So he's going to get asked about it. People are going to speculate. And having lived this with LeBron and the Cavs, being in the middle of that, I am just a full Oh, yeah, warning. you were there for that. Yeah. You? I was there for, I'm telling you guys. It is going to get bad. Like this is we uh, haven't seen Tony, I, and we haven't even really even brought up the topic yet. We're gonna get to the point, and I, I'm not even kidding. We're gonna get to the point where Giannis's girlfriend is going to like a post from some oh, friend who's in a yes, Warriors jersey yes. and people are gonna lose their minds. And I'm telling everyone it's gonna happen. And oh, you just got to roll with it yeah, because it, I, it, it, like you think <sighs> I'm like dude Mallory exaggerating Edens, Mallory Eden's the one of the owner's daughters mm-hmm. was out there. I saw an article from last night or today saying that she's like Giannis isn't going anywhere. Why would he? He's loyal. I'm like now we got to hear from Mallory Edens about it. Well, no, this is just g- the tip of the iceberg. You're going to hear from Giannis's drive-through worker who yeah. saw him with a I love California bag allegedly you know what I mean like it it gets that uh, psychotic but there's always the chance until the ink is dry there is always a chance yeah. can Giannis but just come do on? we have the Stephen yeah, here we go this is hanging on this is Stephen A. Smith on the idea of Giannis leaving here you go 
honestly, I wish Giannis would go no. to the Warriors this offseason. Because I personally think a superstar like that should be in a bigger market. Or could you imagine somebody like Giannis with surrounded by Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and no shooters? Golden State will be back in the championship for the next three to five years. And the Lakers nor the Clippers would beat them. I'm telling you that right now. So there's a few things in that video that I and I Stop I, it, I love a. Stephen A. Smith. Same. Same. Stop it. And for as much as people don't like him or say things of that, you know, he's just a character now, Stephen A. is dialed in. He's awesome. You always have to take into account that Stephen A. is very, very dialed in to what's going on in the NBA. But when the Bucks made the trade for Monta Ellis, what was that, 2012? Yeah. Were the Warriors considered a big market? No. I know they're in the state of California. No, they were But a were they considered line. a big market? No. With technology and travel and the internet, honestly, Milwaukee will never be considered a New York, Chicago, or L.A. But we never thought, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, we'd be calling San Francisco yeah. and Oakland a big a, a, market a either. A big market is when you needed eyeballs for branding, right? When you needed to go to New York because you had the national stage to be branded. You don't need a big stage to be branded anymore. So the idea of the only where it place, in my opinion, Tony, big market, small market still exists is baseball because they don't have a salary cap. In every other league where you have a salary cap, there is no such thing as a big market versus small market anymore. So that argument, I love Stephen A. Smith too, but that argument no longer is relevant in 2020. Also, Giannis is a global icon. I remember watching that 60-minute story on him last year. That fifty percent of the Bucks' revenue was coming from overseas because of Giannis and the Kumbo. Well, it's it's the league itself yeah. with revenue sharing and things. You have stars like Luca, this, this Giannis. This isn't pre-internet where like no one knows who you are. I always go back to when LeBron was at leaving Cleveland or in his final season. Or Rich Paul, uh, his agent, was asked about you know, oh, don't you want to be in a bigger market? And he said, I believe he was on. He was on one of those late night talk shows. He's like, oh, don't you want to be in a bigger market? And I think they were filming it in L.A. And he said, it's 2017. If uh, if he wants to play in Detroit, people will bring jackets. Like, he was just <laughs> like, if we want to film a movie, we can build a set wherever we need to build a set. Yeah. Like, this isn't one of those things. I like what you said. In baseball, there's a... There's no yeah, salary. The Brewers cap. are a small market team to the Yankees and, they, and, and big they always, market team. And they always will be. Now, granted, there's luxury taxes that you pay into and hard cap and things like that in the NBA, but... The only thing I hate that Stephen A. Smith said there is like, why don't hope Giannis leaves Milwaukee? Like, why do you want to do that to Milwaukee? Yeah, hope Clay Thompson leaves. Yeah, Oakland. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Five thirty-five now on a Thursday morning. Did you know on this day back in nineteen nineteen, prohibition started in the United States? Yeah, it was the Eighteenth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, and it basically stopped. The manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors. And honestly, that altered a lot of uh, beverage manufacturers' history in the state. You stop and think about uh, some of the soda pops that suddenly popped up on shelves in 1919 when those breweries couldn't make beer or something like that. Well, that all started on this date back in 1919, Prohibition. And now you know. I'm P.M. Yankee. Now... From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. Do want to remind you, we've got changing weather in the forecast 
Right now, we've got a winter storm warning that's in effect from 6 a.m. till tomorrow, from 6 a.m. tomorrow morning till 6 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Today, we'll see daytime highs probably right around 15 degrees. Tomorrow, we'll warm up to 28, Saturday, 30 degrees. That's why they're not sure what kind of precipitation we'll have coming our way. Well, weather definitely did not deter folks from attending yesterday's Wisconsin Farmers Union Rural Lobby Day, an opportunity for farm folks from across the state to come together, get an update on what's happening with legislative issues at the state house, and maybe as importantly, visit face to face with their elected representatives. Our own Josh Scramlin was there. Thank you so much, Pam, and good morning to you. Yesterday was a really fun day for me as I got to accompany the Wisconsin Farmers Union on their annual Farm and Rural Lobby Day at the Capitol Building in downtown Madison. And it's a day where farmers and agriculturalists from around the state get to go to where the decisions are made in the state of Wisconsin and have face-to-face discussions with their lawmakers. For Farmers Union President Darren Von Ruden, this is one of his favorite days of the entire year. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, really, when you look at what... uh what the organization does, uh, one side of our tri- triangle is le- legislation and bringing our members down here to have the face-to-face contact with their elected officials um, really makes a difference in how our policy really works. And our, our policy is set by, set by our members, so having them come down, give their personal stories, give their personal ideas, and, and have that interaction with their, their elected officials means a, a whole lot, and, and our elected officials like that too. You know, we, we do have folks that are on the ground down here on a daily basis, but getting out uh, and hearing it from their members from the other from all parts of the state uh, makes a big difference. You guys at the Farmers Union have three specific issues that you're honing in on. Tell me what those are, and how did you guys decide on those? Yeah, so uh, number one issue is uh, water issue, especially with the Water Task Force uh, just coming out last week with their uh, proposals, their ideas, what they want to do. Uh, you know, we certainly got a lot to go with on that. Uh, uh, farmland preservation is another big issue. Uh, you know, we're seeing fewer and fewer farmers, so does that mean that there's less and less farmland available too? Uh, some of the proposals there, I think, are good because it's going to put uh, more dollars in, in people's hands to take care of some of the things they need to do um, to be eligible for the farmland preservation. And then the the other one is gerrymandering and redistricting. Uh, okay, so now you know the three topics that Wisconsin Farmers Union really wanted to hone in during their time at the Capitol. Yesterday, And one of the lawmakers at the forefront of their first concern, the water quality issue that we are seeing in the state, is Representative Todd Novak. He's the District 51 rep from Dodgeville, and he is working on a lot of very water-heavy bills. Uh, One right now is a bill to increase funding for county conservation staff, which he believes will help. And then another one that is of interest to ag is one that will create a pilot grant program for farmers to reduce nitrates. But something really interesting, and this shows the importance of this event, is that Representative Novak told all of the farmers in attendance that he needed their help in the Senate, and he needed them to persuade their senators to help him out with funding in the wake of the Water Task Force recommendations release. I need the help in the Senate um, just because, you know, this was mostly a task force of assembly people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we had three senators, so the Senate just needs to be, um, the senators need to be informed. Um, the price tag on this is $10 million, and I know some senators have raised a concern about that. So I just need, um, and we're talking to senators, and uh, hopefully um, they'll be on board. The second issue that the Farmers Union was honing in on was the issue of farmland preservation. Now, Representative Lauren Oldenburg of District 96,
1996, is one of the authors of a bill that will shorten the farmland preservation agreements that farmers enter into with debt cap from 15 years to 10 years. The bill would also increase the per acre tax credit amounts for farmers. So I asked Representative Oldenburg, I said, you're a busy guy. you got a lot of stuff going on. Why is it that you took the time to come and talk to these farmers uh, that are in Madison today? Well, otherwise, they won't know what's going on. And I, I go and talk to any group and in my district, on my district, and, and I tell them, you're my eyes and ears out there because I can't be everywhere. And then the third issue that the Farmers Union was putting a magnifying glass on yesterday was the issue of gerrymandering. And Matt Rothschild is at the forefront of the gerrymandering issue in Wisconsin, and he says that it deeply affects rural Wisconsinites. Well, a lot of what the people want uh, in rural Wisconsin, the people aren't able to get. I mean, the people aren't able to get local control, for instance. There have been 180 bills passed that stripped local municipalities counties, towns, villages of local control over the last 10 years. So that means, you know, the siting of a cell tower or regulating CAFOs, they can't do that. And so there are a lot of issues that uh, impact rural voters and uh, farmers, especially small farmers, that they're uh, no longer able to control because of the laws that have been passed in the legislature. So now that you know the issues, how do the farmers feel about heading into this day? Here's farmer Angela Rivers. I, I want to talk to them a bit more about how understanding the impact that rural farms does have on on the urban setting and vice versa, how the urban setting can can really impact the rural. Now this is both, it can be both positive and negative, and we are talking about things like groundwater quality, farmland preservation, and Mm -hmm. nonpartisan redistricting, all things of which definitely rural and urban communities can can make a difference in. All right, now we're walking to the Capitol. I'm talking with Maggie from Barron County. Some people kind of have the luxury of being uh, grouped together with other people from their county and talking to their lawmakers, but you're talking to your lawmakers by yourself today. How does that make you feel? Well, I was just asked that by someone else, and I told them that the worst case scenario is that I spend 25 minutes feeling awkward and then move on with my life. So I'm just excited to have the opportunity to have some face time, either with the lawmakers or with their staff, either way, and just kind of get the message of Farmers Union passed passed on along. If you'd like to see pictures from Wisconsin Farmers Union's Farm and Rural Lobby Day 2020, you can head to our Facebook page, and you can find us by searching Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Reporting from the state capitol for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is one of the trips you will never forget. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee inviting you to join us on our next agriculture adventure to Scotland and Northern Ireland. Castles, cows, and culture, that's some of what we've got in store. We'll start with three nights in Glasgow. Cruise Loch Lamont. Tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to Edinburgh and capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Along the way, we'll visit an Irish dairy farm and an expansive rural life museum. Let's not forget about the Titanic Belfast Museum and a breathtaking view of Giant's Causeway. It's all included, along with your airfare, accommodations, and more. Get details. Call 800-826-2266. You can send me an email, pam at midwestfarmreport.com or go to holidayvacations.com and enter keyword PAM. Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. Join us. 
Speaking of farm tours, stick around. One of my conversations from our Costa Rica-Panama farm tour coming up before 6. It's 543. So yesterday, everybody got pretty excited about the phase one of our deal with China. It's estimated by the Trump administration to be worth an extra 40 to $50 billion annually over the next two years for all of U.S. agriculture. Now, some folks say it's a little watered down. They say they figure it's only going to be about $32 billion in increased ag purchases, not the 40 to $50 billion that's been discussed. But the bottom line is, it does look like it's going to help our U.S. agriculture turn things around. Now, markets are skeptical in overnight electronic trade. Right now, March corn's down three and a half at 384. December corn down two and three quarter cents, 399 and three quarters. March beans down two and three quarter cents at 926. November new crop down a penny and a half, 957 and a quarter. March wheat's down six at 567 and a quarter. July new crop down six and a quarter right now at 568 and a half. As far as dairy is concerned, barrel cheese in Chicago was up a penny and three quarters on Wednesday to 148 and a half. 40 pound block cheese up a penny and three quarters at 188 and three quarters, while double A butter dropped three and three quarter cents to close the day on Wednesday at $1.90 and a quarter per pound. Not much movement as far as fluid milk's concerned. February milk right now, 1708 a hundredweight. March milk unchanged, 1742 a hundredweight. Coming up next, well, it was a wonderful trip. Definitely the weather a whole lot different than it is right here in Wisconsin. Our Costa Rica-Panama trip. How did it go? It did involve agriculture, and we're talking about it next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, or understanding someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until, wait, don't too. Don't Don't wait wait until until it's it's too too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The goals. The high fives. The happy dances complete with jazz hands and fist bumps. Be part of all the action at Coach's Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains. Enjoy the best burgers in the county, the popular club sandwich, or fresh crispy chicken salad, daily dinner and lunch specials, all-you-can-eat wing Wednesdays, or $2.50 hand-muddled old fashions every Saturday. Trivia night every Thursday. Coach's Club Sports Bar also offers banquet facilities for your next party, business meeting, or team-building event. Coach's Club Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains, where sports fans gather for food and frivolity. Help Coach's Club celebrate 10 years in business. Prizes, parties, drawings, drink and food specials through the 18th. Check the website for details. Happy anniversary, great food and drink. Coach's Club, Main Street, Cross Plains. 
Nicole McDonald was real and actually had a farm, hey. she'd talk about it. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, as we roll our way towards 6 o'clock on a Thursday morning, thought I'd introduce you to some of the folks we had a chance to visit with during our farm tour to Costa Rica and Panama. One of the crops that uh, the folks in Costa Rica are very proud of, you might be enjoying this morning, and that's coffee. We made a stop at the Doca Estate Coffee Plantation in Costa Rica to find out about the heritage of this crop and why Costa Rica's climate seems to produce some of the best. Jose Gomez is one of the employees that took us around the plantation and helped us understand a little bit more on the history of coffee in Costa Rica. Well, this plantation, Doca, is one of the oldest coffee plantations in all Costa Rica. It has a little bit more than 130 years old. And also, we still have one of the oldest wet mills in all Costa Rica that is 120 years old. The plantation, it has an extension of 470 acres, and it is dedicated to produce just coffee. Right. And you market that coffee not just in Costa Rica? Uh, Well, normally the biggest part of the production is going to be exported to a lot of different countries. There is a percentage of the first quality that we save to sell here just in Costa Rica. Right. Tell me a little bit about how coffee came to Costa Rica. Well, at the beginning, the coffee came as a decoration. The Spanish brought the first coffee plants in 1759, and they brought the plants to put them in front of the church or the houses. So 20 years after that, we started to produce coffee like a real production. Mm-hmm. But basically, at the beginning, it used to be like that decoration. This is the busy, some of the busiest time of uh, the year for the plantation. Tell me what's going on right now. Well, it is one of the most... Uh I forgot the word. Busy? Busy, yeah. <laughs> Busy seasons of the year. Because right now we are in harvest season. And the harvest normally takes like five months. It goes from September to January. So basically right now is where we are processing coffee. The plants, they have uh, different kinds of coffee fruits. Some of them are green. Another ones are ripe. So the workers, they need to go like one time per month to each plant to pick up all the coffee. How long does it take to establish a coffee plant? Um, well, normally from the beginning, from the bean to the first production, it takes like four years. And after that, uh, the plant can produce coffee for more than 30 years. In our case, they're going to be in here for almost like 24 years. So in total, they last 20 years here, 28 years. And how much does the average coffee plant tree produce? Well, per year one plant can produce 28 pounds of fruit, but because we need to split the coffee in different qualities, then we only get like 6 or 7 pounds of premium coffee. Right. Now, and the harvesting process is interesting. Here in Costa Rica, you rely on outside labor to try to get this done because it's all hand labor. Um, well, in Costa Rica, it is illegal to use machines because we only export first quality coffee. So normally the first selection is on the field by the color of the cherries. And there is not a machine that can select the coffee by the color. So in Costa Rica per year, normally they employ like 45,000 coffee pickers. In our case, for this plantation, we need to employ like 200 coffee pickers. Oh. And for example, in all Costa Rica, it happens that normally the 90% of the pickers, they come from Nicaragua, Panama, El Salvador, Honduras, different countries of Mm -hmm. Central America. Tell me how they get paid. Uh, Well, in the case of Costa Rica, they get paid per cajuela. The cajuela is the first coffee measurement unit at Costa Rica that is the same like 20 pounds of fruit. Uh, They earn for that um, 1,000 colones, that is 2 U.S. dollars. All right. And then uh, this plantation really tries to 
keep the workers comfortable. Exactly, because it happens that normally the Costa Ricans, they don't want to do this kind of work anymore. Um, normally, we need a lot of hands to pick all our coffee. So in our case, the owners, they provide some benefits to the pickers. Like, for example, they provide health care to all the coffee pickers. Also, they provide free house, water and electricity. They don't employ children because that's something completely legal. But in here, they have a daycare center that is sponsored by one of the buyers of the company. Uh, so it is mandatory to the parents to love the children's right there. Tell me how I can select the best coffee. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to buying coffee. Tell me what I should know about coffee if I want to buy it. Well, normally we're looking to buy the best one, right? The first quality coffee. That's something important. So we need to use some signals to recognize that first quality coffee. Important. Normally we go to the supermarket because it's the faster place, the easier place to go and buy the coffee. It's not the best one because you don't have the chance to ask which quality it is, how for how long they roast it. But some simple signs, first of all, the price, normally the most expensive ones are the best ones. Also, the presentation of the coffee. So when the coffee comes like in vacuum sealed bags or hermetic containers, also when it looks like a normal plastic bag, but when it comes uh, with a special bulb, that is first quality coffee. Uh, Normally, this buyer go. It is better go and buy the coffee directly in the roaster companies. Now, like these small roasters that they sell coffee, it is better buy to them because you have the chance to ask where from sure. where comes the coffee. Sure. Is the coffee industry growing in Costa Rica? Shrinking. Uh, what are the challenges that the industry faces? Well, actually, it's the opposite. In Costa Rica, the coffee plantations, they are disappearing all the years. Uh, a really good example, in 2017, we used to have a little bit more than 84,000 hectares of coffee plantations. But for this year, there are less than 60,000 hectares. So in a period of two years and a half, we lose like 20,000 hectares. Um, there are several reasons for that. For example, the almost all the plantations, they used to be located at the Central Valley. Now in the we have uh, concentrated almost all the population of Costa Rica. Also, the young people is not interested in produce coffee anymore. So when they receive a plantation as a heritage, and sometimes they prefer to sell it or build houses. That's something that is happening. Uh, right now, the government is trying to keep the plantation that we're still having. They are not trying to increase the extension of the plantation because that's something really hard. Actually, right now in Costa Rica, we're producing more bananas and pineapples than coffee. Something interesting is that it is really necessary to us import coffee from another countries for the local consumption in the country as well. So right now, well, the government is trying to keep the extension of those plantations and they are trying to prove that they produce a better quality. So sure. that way they can sell it sure. more expensive around the world. His name is Jose Gomez, one of the employees at Doca Coffee's estate outside of San Jose. Like he pointed out, the government wants to see some of those heritage coffee plantations stay in place. But if you've got real estate close to San Jose, which is the capital of Costa Rica, that real estate is going up in value, not for farming, but instead for housing. Similar situation that we face right here in Wisconsin. All kinds of pictures up on our Facebook page from our Costa Rican Panama farm tour. Just look for Fabulous Farm Babe. Winter weather advisory kicking in. 